like to give everybody out there listening a very warm White Cat welcome because you're tuned in to the White Cat Outdoors podcast. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Episode 43 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. I'll be your pilot through tonight's journey. Are you drinking in the air plane in the cockpit? I am. Tom's out in the cockpit. He's got his cock out in the pit with his drinking. What? <laughs> Tom's drinking in the cockpit. So, episode 43. I'm your host tonight. You're talking really You're loud. Like, like yelling real hard. Well, I had to get hyped up because Frank was getting beers and normally it's his job to bring us in, but he was lollygagging. So, I was like, here's my shot. Got to jump after it. Yeah. You got to shoot your shot sometimes. Well, Tom, if you're going to, if you're flying this plane, one, don't crash it. And two, what are we talking about tonight? Well, first I was going to introduce. What are we doing? Introducing? Introduce the other hosts. Right, would you, please? Like I said, I'm your host tonight, Tom, flying the plane. Actually, Frank's going to be flying the plane, <laughs> but he's in the <laughs> podcast tonight. So we had two people in the cockpit. What's going on, guys? And Nick is there <laughs> still with his safety glasses. Yeah. Well, they, okay, I guess if you're tuning in in order, yeah, still got the safety glasses on. Um, yeah, I'm your other host, Nick. So how are we doing, everybody? And if you follow our Instagram page or our Facebook page, you'd know Frank put the smack down on a big old dough. Just, well... In in real time last night in podcast time, whenever the other day, (laughs) the other day exactly. It's always the other day. It's true. So we're just gonna do a little like hunting camp version, just a nice nice little short podcast. Something we're gonna. I think we're gonna. It's gonna be a thing that uh, anytime somebody from Team White Cat kills, uh, there's gonna be a podcast. It's just gonna be a a hunting camp feel, and we're just gonna pretend we just got back from the. From the stand, we're telling our telling our story, having a beer over it. Yeah. What's our mission statement? Bringing you to the table while we talk about the outdoors. And that's what we're gonna do tonight. Uh, I do want to throw out a quick disclaimer um, about that. It kind of pertains to the podcast. Um, well, I should hope so. If you and your loved ones were planning to go out on a date this week, um, you're gonna have to find a new nanny because this one's down. You're dumb. That was good. No, it was good. I I laugh every time like someone shoots a doe and you put hashtag nanny in the post. <laughs> kills me. I laugh so hard every. It's not even funny, but I laugh a lot at that. I, it's that's what I call them. Uh, that and I like slick tops. Slick tops. <laughs> that's a good one too. So. So yeah, if uh, that didn't give it away enough, I I laid down a doe. It was big old meat doe, and uh, I guess we'll. We'll start at like very start beginning. from when you got home from Alaska. I'm not gonna. Start We're not gonna there. do that. We're like we are bringing you to the today where we talk about the outdoors. Bring us as if you just got back from the woods and you're telling us what happened tonight. All right. So it was oh, what would it be the third day of the season, and I went to a spot where I've killed does before. It's it's, it's a sweet doe spot. It's almost a guaranteed. It's. It's as close to a guarantee as you're going to get on a doe. A slam and, dunk, as yeah, they call it. Yeah, if you will. I always be slam dunking. So, that's a 
lyric, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Glad you noticed. Uh, so, the stand is, it's right off the edge of a field. Jordan Belfort. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. the song. Yeah. I was, I was thinking that in my head. I started singing it. I, yeah, I was, I was hoping it would provoke people to do that. But So, anyway. The stand. really give that hunt camp feel. Yeah. Burping on Mike. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone's going to appreciate that. So the stand is right on the edge of a big field, and it's literally right off the road. Like, Can you see the cars driving by? Oh, yeah. The stand is only 100 yards off the road, and it's you know just a huge goldenrod field. But I'm not hunting the field. I don't have any shots to the field. It's just this tiny little square on the edge. I guess it's, it's not really a square because it goes out into the rest of the— Can uh, we call it a CRP field? A CRP field? Yeah. What does that stand for? I don't know what it stands— I'm thinking that it's those three letters. I'm not sure the order, but it's a field that farmers let grow up for wildlife. Oh, well, it's, has, not re- it's not those, a farm None field. of those were CRP. Yeah, well. It's not a farm field, though. It's just golden. I'm pretty sure yeah, but a, you let it grow up for wildlife. Is it crop rotation project? No, mm. it's definitely not because you're not putting crops in it. Yeah, it's the absence of crop rotation project. The ACRP. I'm not sure what the CR. It, I'm, there is something it stands for, obviously. Uh that was kind of dumb to say, but either Tom's rudely doing other things or he's looking up I'm CRP. I'm looking it up. I thought so. So, Ah, here we go. CRP fields are, as I said, large tracts of farmland that the government pays the farmer to leave fallow and grow into thick undergrowth. It is supposed to help species of animals with cover and food and also help cut down on erosion. CRP stands for... Conservative Reserve Program. So I had one of three. I don't think you did. No, I did. I said project. Huh? Yeah, you weren't even close. You're wrong on all three counts. <laughs> New started with an S, though. Yeah, but yeah, land that the farmer just lets grow up for wildlife. Okay, that's what they say on all the hunting shows. Hunting well, a CRP field. How about that? The more you know. So I'm hunting on the edge of this CRP field, if you will. I don't know if it's even considered that, but does the farmer let it it's grow? It's not up? a farmer. The guy I just, thought he plants corn too. No, no, no. That's a different chunk of property. Yeah, why don't you just tell him exactly where you're at? Yeah, that tells it tells yeah. it all. Frank's hunting the cornfield in PA, guys. <laughs> That's where you'll find <laughs> going him. right to it. So, you know, I'm about I'm about uh, ten yards uh, in off the edge of the field, and it's there's some a few apple trees scattered about in this little area. It's it's a real sweet spot. It's it goes off and like there's a creek not far away, but it's really thick along the edge of the creek. So it's kind of like a little staging spot before they come like they get up out of their bedding right there on the edge of the creek and they hang out in this little area before they feel safe enough to go out into the field. So it it's like I said, slam dunk spot. So I climb up in the stand, sit down, I'm just hanging out, feeling good. It's pretty early. Mind you, you packed a stand on your back, correct? Oh, yeah. So you not only did you climb up in the stand, you... I put the stand up. You put the up. stand up, yeah. yeah. Because old, he is a mobile hunter. Yeah, the old DS.5. So that's got to be... That stand's brand new this year. There hasn't been many kills out of that stand yet. No, probably um, the first. It's not the first. It's, I know it's not the first for a fact, but... Yeah. It's, it's, it's in the top 1%. You think it could be the first doe? kill in pennsylvania first doe kill in pennsylvania yeah that might be the that, first yeah 
um, you on can a be Wednesday. Close day. On, <laughs> yeah, but it's I like those NFL southeast wind. Yeah, but I know Cody DeQuisto killed a slob out of his, um, and so did Justin Hollinsworth. Honestly, so, though, it's harder to shoot an old meat doe than nanny, an old nanny, than it is to shoot a booner. Everybody knows it. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, so. I heard that stand is very lightweight, very packable. Yeah, it is super packable. I, I'm all about it. I've actually that was only the second time I was ever in it. Wow. Yeah. What's crazy about that stand is it, it's a lock-on tree stand. It's got a seat, platform, everything. Five point seven pounds. Believe it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And uh, just to give you an idea, I've got an old lone wolf um, alpha. Thirty-two pounds. No, fourteen. So it is like almost. It's Almost, close to three times yeah. bigger than this one. One third. Now, the platform, I, I'm not going to walk around it here, obviously, because it's small. It's a small platform. That doesn't even make sense. I, I was I was going to say, I'm not going to walk around like the idea that it's a smaller platform. But when me and Frank picked this, pro we picked up the prototype down in Harrisburg. And both of us looked at each other and were like, Buying Shit. that. Yeah. Because it was like, it doesn't feel real. It is that light. It's insane. But anyways... Frank was in that stand. Yeah. It makes it very easy to get wherever you want to. Yeah. So I get set up, all situated in my, my Lone Wolf Custom Gear DS.5. And it was literally like 10 minutes later. All of a sudden. And you know how deer, like, all of a sudden are right in the middle of your shooting lane, never made a sound, you're watching diligently, and then they're right there. You never notice you them. You, like, yawn and look over and say, mm, yeah. how are you? Yeah. That's how it was. This little doe was boom right there 15 yards from me and i was like yeah okay got got some movement going on it's gonna be a good evening and she wanders off i'm sitting there hanging out hanging out question yeah did you go out with the intentions of laying down a nanny yeah is that like your that was your goal yeah okay it was it was a really windy night and it ended up laying down but when i first went out it was blowing like 20 miles an hour pretty steady. like a bugger like a bugger yes it's blowing like a bugger so windy it's not even funny yeah i didn't laugh one time and all my other stands that i normally hunt um just i wasn't feeling it it wasn't the right the right wind or anything that's why you got the ds.5 exactly you can put it anywhere it's too windy can't hunt all right greg miller gotta get down i honestly i'd be super impressed if anybody understands tom's little comment there and me saying greg miller greg miller big time tv hunter back in the day um used to, i grew up watching him on vhs uh him and stan potts stan Potts. i think back early on at my host hot seat stan potts was my favorite like tv hunter mm -hmm. um but if anybody else knows that vhs tape of greg miller in a willow tree can't hunt gotta get down too windy like I'd be very impressed. So if you do know that, let us know because I'd like to bond. Double oh. <laughs> seven. I don't even style. know if Frank knows. I don't. No, I don't. So it's a long shot. Yeah, very long shot. Probably because me and Nick watched this VHS on repeat. That's me and Tom. That's we grew up just we just watched. Uh, downstairs was the only TV that had a VHS player because like but when we me and Tom were little, DVDs were starting to come out, um, but we still had a VHS player. Me and Tom would just. All we did was watch hunting shows. We didn't care about what cartoons on TV or nothing. We just go downstairs and we'd watch Monster Bucks Five. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly over and over that, again. Yeah, Greg Miller, Stan Potts, Bill Jordan, all of them just going to town, and that was that's what we watched. So, anyways, so it was not too windy to hunt. I didn't have to get down. 
uh, it was windy and I wasn't digging my other stands. So I went to this spot where I, it was a good wind for it. And I just, it felt right. Everything felt good. And I had deer moving first thing when I got there. And about probably about a half hour after I saw um, that first little doe, two more does came out. And one was a big old meat doe. She was a monster. And I was like, okay, if you come around, you're, you're getting cooked. And she kind of played around, stayed just out of range, never had a shot at her. And the other doe was a nice doe, but not as big as her. So she was, the two of them eventually wandered off out into the goldenrod field and were gone. And then I had a lull for about an hour, didn't see anything. I was just sitting there playing with myself. And <laughs> and uh, I heard some crashing coming like through the goldenrods. I'm like, oh man, what's going on? Squirrel. Exactly. And then, like, right next to me, another, it could have been the same doe. I don't think it was. She would have had to cover a lot of ground to get around through. But another really small doe standing 10 yards from me. I actually took some video of her and put her on our Instagram story. Vidya. Vidya. And uh, she's hanging around playing Funny Town right in front of me. And as I'm watching her, big old meat doe comes from, like, the opposite direction. She was down in the woods. And I was like, okay you're looking good. I was like, just come around, get over here and I might shoot you. And she's playing around some more. And then I was like starting to second guess myself. I was like, you know, it's pretty early in the season. Maybe, maybe I'm not going to shoot it though. See, yeah. that's, I'd like to get it over with early season. Yeah. That way, Cause in the rut, you see a doe, you don't know what's behind that doe. Exactly. Yeah. So as I'm sitting there, like going back and forth with myself on whether or not I want to shoot this deer, she's getting closer and closer to my lane. I'm like, okay, maybe maybe and then she like steps right into my lane broadside 18 yards turns her head looks the other way yeah it was perfect so i start to put tension on my string to draw back i was like okay i'm gonna smoke her start to draw and i didn't even like pull my string at all as soon as i got tension on it she turns and faces straight at me i was like oh that's no good definitely not gonna shoot her now so she's playing around and it, it took her probably 20 minutes to cover about five yards and just facing me the whole time and she like kept like sidestepping almost like she was walking closer and closer to me but also like stepping out of my lane and i was like oh i'm not gonna get a shot at her and i was like well you know what whatever it's not a big deal that's the crazy thing about archery hunting is you can have them inside 20 yards and, not and never be able to get a shot off yeah and that is always that's one of the my favorite parts about and one of the most frustrating parts about archer season is that you can be that close, they have no idea you're there, and you still can't kill them. Yeah, exactly. So she kept sidestepping, sidestepping, not turning broadside. And I was like, well, I guess you're just not getting shot tonight. And she was just about out of my lane, and I wasn't going to have a shot. And she was about 12 yards. So I kind of relaxed a little bit, and all of a sudden she like took one stepped to the side and turned broadside and that was all it took i was like okay you're going down drew back she had she didn't look up at me when i drew it was perfect she had no clue and smoked her touched off and as soon as i hit her you know i saw my arrow go in i was like oh yeah she's she's done what uh what broadhead were you using i'm, I'm getting there oh, okay. don't, don't worry okay. about it. so okay. 
smoked her. I, I knew she was done, you know, when I saw my arrow and she like bounced off a couple of trees and then I heard her about thirty yards away. She went so into that's some... how you know she's not going far. You said she ran straight into a tree after impact. Like yeah. He, he shot, ran straight into a tree. Yeah. Like, all right, that that was done. <laughs> yeah, she was already seeing stars. Like it was it was bad. So I heard her about thirty yards, she starts kicking and thrashing. I was like, all right, she's she's toast. And yeah, that was the first time I, I bought a new bow. Man, it sounds like you like annihilated that that doe. Yeah, I bought a new bow last year, and the first time I used it was last year, and I never killed anything with it. So it was my first kill with a new bow. Um, I bought a back tension release. So it was my first time hunting with the back tension release. So first deer with the back tension. And at the Harrisburg show, I bought some new broadheads. And so it was my first kill with those. And I was super pumped to use them. And honestly, that was like what kicked me into like that was my final decision to shoot this deer is just because i wanted to see what these broadheads will do because i've seen a lot of videos and you know talking to the people at the harrisburg show when i bought them it seems like they're just wicked so i was like all right let's see what these things can do so and they put a real good hole they're they're a narrow cutting diameter they're a three blade fixed blade cut on contact and for being narrow, they're only they're less than an inch in diameter, but they put a wicked hole. It's a solid broadhead, yeah. So it punts like a hole, like almost like a yeah. slug would. Yeah, like exactly. You don't, you don't, obviously, you don't get the the shock to the rest of the system, like it like liquefies the lungs or something. But you're yeah. literally it. It is probably what like I bet you it's seven eighths. Of an inch in diameter. Oh, it's it's just shy of an inch. It's pretty. Yeah. Cool. It's like point nine so, one it, or something. But because like that. it's a solid head, it's not vented or anything. You're pretty much putting a hole. Yeah. That size. Through yeah. Them. Like it literally just. It's mm-hmm. big. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. They're called annihilator broadheads. I don't know if I said it yet, but yeah. I annihilator. Said you annihilated that though. Yeah. I know you were <laughs> dropping hints, but it was very clever. Yeah. Annihilator is what they're called, and I'm. Definitely very, very impressed. I got a clean pass through. They're very high quality broadhead too. Oh yeah. This isn't like your disposable rage broadheads like Yeah, no. Talk they're... about the sharpening aspect of these too. Yeah, they designed them so that when you like put them on a stone to sharpen them, you're like you just lay them flat down and you're sharpening two sides of the blade at once. Like it's they're really slick and they're a hundred percent one piece of metal. It's not like they screw them together and it's pieces that can come apart or break when you shoot you know if you hit a tree after you pass through a deer they're not going to break they're rock solid like they're made straight from the threaded insert that goes into the arrow yeah to the blades it's one solid machined piece which yeah. is it's, it's a very high quality broadhead yeah definitely and i definitely do not plan on switching like i've gone through a few broadheads the past several years trying to find one that i really really like and I've definitely landed on this one. I'm super impressed with it. I had a great blood trail. Yeah, seeing your blood trail in the entry and exit made me consider where I'm at, basically. Yeah. And do you know offhand, do they, yours are 100 grains. Do they do? They do 125s. 125s as yeah. well? Okay. Yeah. Just out of curiosity. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was super impressed with those. Yeah, me too. I'm definitely, I mean, I'm excited. when to... you 12 ring them, but. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was still like the, the blood trail, the hole that you put in them. It was yeah very impressive. Yeah. I was I was super impressed with them. I actually messaged them on Instagram and was like, you know, I'm, I'm really impressed with this. Like, you guys nailed it. Like, this is a hell of a broadhead. So, 
yeah, she was she was toasting 30 yards, and it was an easy track. And honestly, like, I didn't even start tracking her. Like, I heard her fall, obviously, so I knew about where she was. But I climbed down, saw where my arrow was, picked it up, and there's, like, a little path, like a deer trail through the, like, it's not really brush. It's just, like, tall prickers and shit on the edge of the field. There's, like, a little deer trail through there that I walk in on to get to my stand or to where I set up. And as I was crossing that to get back to the field, I was going to go put my bow and stuff back in the truck. When I crossed that, it was just a trail of blood going straight across that path. I was like, well, there she went. Like, I didn't follow her to there or anything. As, as I was walking, I noticed a huge blood trail going across the path. I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is where it's at. So that would – that pretty much sums that up. It wasn't – you didn't even – I remember you told me the story, like you texted me, and then I, I, my answer, I think, was it doesn't sound like you need any help tracking. Yeah. I said, if that changes, said, give me a call, I'll be right out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and about but, 10 minutes later, I was sending you a picture of her. Yeah, so it was like. Yeah, she was done. It was it was, so, it was a perfect hunt. Everything yeah. went perfect. It was an easy drag out. That's why it's so perfect to shoot a doe in that spot, because you can literally pull the truck like right up next to it, yeah. throw the deer in. And then it was over to your house to get the hide off and Which, have a couple of beers because yeah, I go, was good. I earned it. Go you to episode. Did. Go to episode forty of the podcast, and we'll talk about exactly how we took care of Frank's deer. Yeah. So I wasn't in on that, but I yeah, know how to do it. Processing uh, your deer yeah. at home was the title. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that I mean, basically, we've got up until uh, the hides off. We're going to quarter it tomorrow, um, which means nothing to people listening because basically we got it skinned out quartered and we're going to be moving on so mm-hmm. um yeah it was a real solid hunt you know i just got back from alaska as you guys all know if you listened to last week's episode and you know i've only i was only back for a week and already smoking a deer so it was great to go from hunting moose up in alaska to right into archery season back here in pa and lighten up a doe right away it's perfect yeah doesn't get much better but so that pretty much that sums up that episode uh we hope you guys enjoy these podcasts as as team white cat is successful throughout the deer season um yeah we need an excuse to keep them shorter so we have more time to get in the woods yeah that basically is it um (laughs) it's archery season this is what us three live for um and we don't necessarily have time to be in the studio all the time doing podcasts um and the people that we want to interview are also in the woods yeah so it's going to be tough um but as much as we want to be in the woods, we hope that we've inspired you guys to be in the woods just as much. So so if you guys do kill a deer and you want to be on the episode to share your hunting hunting story. Yeah, then if you want to crack beers with us and tell us your hunting story uh, for the rest of us to hear, let us know. Um, but yeah, so like Frank said, we're going to be keeping these ones short uh, throughout the season while we do these ones because we want to make sure you guys are getting outside. Yeah.